it's not easy to distinguish an adult from a child just by looking at someone or listening to them briefly because so much is involved in growing up. And one of the ways, of course, that you can distinguish is the old way, which is a grown-up is somebody who is not happy to hear that the telephone is for them. In other words, it is the press of obligations and responsibilities that makes a grown-up a grown-up. And it is generally the freedom, maybe not school time, but the general freedom from obligations, responsibilities, and worries that we think of as characterizing childhood. Allied to that though, I wanna give you a different definition. And that is that a grown-up is someone who understands that even the things that you care most deeply about and the people that you admire most passionately are broken and flawed. In childhood, we imagine maybe that our parents or the heroes we read about are in some sense perfect until the great disillusionment comes. So I wrote a book about King David and King David in children's books is this wonderful mighty hero. But when you read the Torah, the Tanakh, the book of Samuel and you see who David was, you recognize that like all human beings, he carried his brokenness next to his wholeness, his flaws next to his gifts. And yet, and yet he was a hero. This Shabbat, we read about Moshe. Moshe is not allowed to go into the promised land. Moshe is not a perfect person. Moshe sins, and yet he is Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our teacher. I bring this up today because today is July 4th. And today we celebrate the United States of America, but if we are grown-ups, we celebrate it differently than the way we celebrated it when we were children. When we were children, we didn't learn, at least not when I was a child, of what happened to the Native Americans when the Europeans came here. We didn't learn about the deliberate spread of disease or about the broken treaties or about the massacres. We didn't learn that because people wanted us to admire America and think the best of it. We learned about slavery, but we didn't learn about it in all of the painful, gory, cruel, repeated details that in fact, slavery embodied. We didn't learn that there were other countries like Britain that put an end to slavery long before America and without a civil war. We didn't learn that because we learned America was the best and did things the best. And that's how we were supposed to worship our country. I didn't learn growing up, even as a child, 
that there were still Jim Crow laws in this country. When I was still alive, Jim Crow laws still existed in the United States of America. But I didn't learn that as a child. Because we wanted to think of our country as the last great hope of humanity and we were afraid that we could not be adults. And that if we knew the truth, we would lose the patriotism and the worship. I don't know how many of you are aware though that the greatest of our leaders have not seen our country in black and white. And I mean that in all senses. They have understood that a flawed country can still be a great country. That a place that has to grow is a place that is alive. And so I bring you back to 1852, July 4th, when one of the greatest orators of the time, Frederick Douglass, spoke as follows. The sunlight that brought life and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. The 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, I must mourn. To drag a man in fetters into the grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him to join in joyous anthems were in human mockery and sacrilegious irony. Do you mean, citizens, to mock me by asking me to speak today? And you can understand Douglas's dismay when you understand how many of his fellow African Americans were enslaved in the country that he speaks. But that wasn't the end of his speech. This is what he goes on to say, fellow citizens, I am not wanting in respect for the fathers of this Republic. The signers of the Declaration of Independence were brave men, they were great men too. It doesn't often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men Remember who he's talking about, Franklin and Jefferson and Washington and Adams and Hamilton and on and on. He who will intelligently lay down his life for his country is a man whom it is not in human nature to despise. Your fathers stake their lives, their fortunes and their sacred honor on the cause of their country. Then Douglas continues, 1852, a former slave spoke these words. They were peacemen, but they preferred revolution to peaceful submission to bondage. They were quiet men, but they did not shrink from agitating against oppression. They showed forbearance, but they knew its limits. They believed in order, but not in the order of tyranny. With them, nothing was settled that was not right. With them, justice, liberty, and humanity were final, not slavery and oppression. You may well cherish the memory of such men. They were great in their day and their generation. How unlike the politicians of an hour, their statesmanship looked beyond the passing moment and stretched away in strength to the distant future. They seized upon eternal principles and set a glorious example in their defense. Mark them. Remember, 
that this is an African-American in 1852 talking about the people who designed the system that enslaved so many of his brothers and sisters. But he sees their greatness as he sees their flaws. He understands their aspiration even as he feels his own affliction. He is not a child. What pains me about so much of the debate in America is that it's being conducted by children, by people who either can admit no flaw or who can admit no virtue. Does America have things to be ashamed about? Of course America has things to be ashamed about. Anyone who denies that is a child. Travel the world, listen to what America has done in various countries, and some of it will make you ashamed. Think about the treatment of African Americans for hundreds of years in this country. You must be ashamed. But if all you feel is shame, you're a child. Travel the world. Listen to how America has acted in other countries and feel proud. Think of the struggles that people in this nation have gone through for liberty and freedom and to overturn tyranny both without and within, and you must be proud. I think this is a deeply flawed country. I also think it is the greatest nation on earth. And I don't find those two propositions incompatible with one another. I know as a Jew that if you are Jewish and you are not grateful to the United States of America, you know no history. Are there things that America has to be ashamed about with regard to the Jewish people? To what we didn't and could have done to save more Jews in the Second World War? Absolutely. It's never easy. It's never simple. It's never unidirectional. People are complicated and they're flawed and we could have done more. But I also know that that's the words of a Jew on the Statue of Liberty and that my great-grandparents and so many others looked at that statue and knew that for the first time they had found a place they could call home. I know that this country has stood with the true homeland of the Jewish people, with the state of Israel, and that there would be no state of Israel were there not a United States of America. I know that this country is greater than its accomplishments, but that its accomplishments are extraordinary. That we have established the finest centers of learning, that we have brought minorities from all over the world to create this tremendous 
salad of people who together are making their way forward. You may like or be disappointed or venerate or execrate this leader or that leader or this administration or that administration. But one of the things that makes America, America is the government is never the people. The people are the people. And we have seen leaders come and go. And we have seen problems come and go. And we have endured and flourished in a way that was unimaginable to those first founders of our nation. That was unimaginable even to Benjamin Franklin, who, as he left the Constitutional Convention and was asked by a woman, what do we have, Mr. Franklin? Said, we have a republic, madam, if we can keep it. And we have kept it through wars, through strife, through all sorts of difficulty. We are called upon to sympathize and understand the plight of those who do not find America the America they want it to be. But also to remind ourselves that the America that is, is a place unprecedented in history. And so I bring you to one other orator a speaker whose stature is at least equal with that of Frederick Douglass. And that is Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. In his famous letter from the Birmingham jail, he writes as follows. We will reach the goal of freedom in Birmingham and all over the nation because the goal of America is freedom. Abused and scorned though we may be, our destiny is tied up with America's destiny. So to all of us, all of us showered with the blessing of this free and good nation. If it is not yet what you wish it to be, that is understood. And the answer, the answer that we give as people who understand that everything is fractured and flawed and broken is let us work together to continue to fulfill the promise of this good and great land. Let us together declare God bless America. Shabbat shalom.